welcome everybody. Uh, it's Craig and Brian calling from the road. Nomad ramblings, conversations from the road. Brian's in uh, in Kansas right now. I'm in uh, in Gunnison, uh, Colorado, and um, we're we're excited to bring you another show. Uh, before we get into it, I I actually wanted to make a quick call out and uh, call to action for everybody out there. Um, we are, we've lined up an interview with a CBD marketing, uh, product marketer. And, um, being in our mid forties and, and having long-term injuries, um, we've, we've got some inflammation. We've got some aches and pains that, uh, we like to find healthy alternative ways of managing that pain. And it, it does seem as though CBD oil, um, which is a, uh, it's a non-psychoactive substance found in marijuana. It's, uh, it's getting a, a, a pretty good reputation for treating a variety of ailments, including epilepsy, anxiety, inflammation, heart disease, cancers, schizophrenia. Um, I, I've gone ahead and I've posted on Facebook, um, to my, my account, which is Coleman Road Journal. Um, you're welcome to friend me, look me up. Um, and then if you're, if you're friends with Brian, I tagged him in it, but, um, we want your input. We, what, what questions do you guys have? Um, what do you know about CBD? Have you used it? Have you had good, good impacts, bad impacts? Um, and what, what resources have you investigated? Um, we, we want your input. We know that you guys are uh, probably a pretty smart crew on this and, we want to be able to ask intelligent questions to the guy that we've got lined up to talk about this with. So um, please either email us um, or uh, find the Facebook post and comment below. Um, we want to hear from you on this. Um, so with that out of the way, um, let's let's plow into the uh, the podcast here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about. Suspension upgrades. We're going to talk about um, a build post, uh, a truck build post that I did on my on my website. But uh, let's let's hear from Brian. What's going on out there in Kansas, man? Well, uh, I decided to come over to the Butler County State Fishing Lake. This was a really nice lake that has a cool waterfall at it. And I've not been here yet since I, I came back to Kansas, you know, a few weeks ago. But I camped here a couple a couple two three times before. When I've been home, and I, I don't know, I'm just kind of in a funk today. I'm kind of being a little bitch. I got out here, and I forgot that it rained. Like, it rained, like, crazy here yesterday. So I got out here, and, like, the, the area that I wanted to camp in is kind of like the the wetlands area, and it was all swamped out. And so, of course, I got in a bad mood. And I, I'm i just being a bitch because my allergies are really, really screwing with me today. Uh, I ran out of medication yesterday, and I before I went to bed, I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I didn't sleep at all. And then... I couldn't, I couldn't breathe, and so, I, so that's why I couldn't sleep. And then I just felt out of sorts all day because when I when I have an allergy reaction like this, like I have – a lot of people don't know this, but I'm a, like, you know, you go get those prick tests. They, they do these things on your skin to see how many aller, allergies, you know, or see how many allergens that you're allergic to. And they test you for 150, and I always test consistently for um, a reaction to 109. And it's typically, you know, everything under the sun. It's trees, it's weeds, it's – it's, it's everything like that. Luckily, I don't have any food allergies, but what happens is, is that, you know, if you get like an allergic reaction on the outside of your skin, like that, you know, that sucks. So imagine that all throughout the interior of your body, because that's what, that's what happens to me when I have these allergic reactions. And so I usually just try to tough through it. And I got out here and I was like, 
like, why am I being a bitch? Like, I've got this lake all to myself. It's beautiful. The, the leaves are all changing colors. There's not a soul here. I've got a nice little site right here on the water. I've got a great place to to do meditation in the morning. And I was just kind of being grumpy about it. So I, I know I just gotta I gotta put my big boy pants on and get past this. I got like that that new book came in the mail, and it's called Empire of the Summer Moon, and it was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize back in the day. And it's about the rise and fall of the Comanches, which is the, the subtitle is the most powerful Indian tribe in American history. It talks like the first chapter I read it last night, and it's fascinating because it talks about how they literally pushed back white expansion for like 50 years. They started that like like the white people came and started to venture into the land, and they successfully pushed them back 100 uh, like 100 miles. And then they, they they took the Spanish, kicked their asses, they kicked the Texas Rangers' asses, and they they also uh, kicked the, the Mexican uh, army. They kicked their asses and got them out. And so it's like these, these, this tribe is, it's just, a, it's just fascinating reading that history. And it's kind of cool. I'm here in an area where they, you know, that this was part of their native land. And so um, I'm excited to read that tonight. So what I did was I set up on the water. I've got everything going with my truck and I'm charging a few items right now with some solar. And then I'm just going to have a mellow evening. And, and I, I rented a movie for on my computer. So after this thing goes down, I'll probably watch that. And, I just need to get my head straight because when I get an, an allergy reaction like this, it just throws me into a funk because I just feel like crap all day long. But it's short term, and I need to just realize that and, and push ahead. So that's that's what's going on. With yeah. Me. Well, um, you know, I'll, I I can I can just give you a big collective awe from <laughs> the audience. You know I that know. it sounds like things are are horrible. That you're out at a a beautiful location and you you've got your book and. You're in your truck. You're doing your camping thing, and I, yeah. I'm just, I've, I've got to believe that you know people that are sitting at their desks right now listening to you just have have a lot of sympathy and uh, yeah. and empathy for you. And uh, just one other thought that is like I, I got to give you credit, man. You've got like a you've got a Cliff Clavin like command on like small details and facts. Like you just you're you're just able to pull out like real you're able to pull out and capture and hold on to small details like i can't do that like you and mm-hmm. like even you haven't even read the book and you've like already described it more than i would even understand it if i i read it so i i gotta give you credit there so i oh, you know, i'm breaking your balls a little bit on the uh <laughs> well right so. thing, but uh yeah. but i uh yeah I, I give you credit you you've got you've got some cliff playman in you well, you know, I, I really, when I was in high school, I, I, I was always fascinated with the with the Plains, the Great Plains Indians, and there wasn't a lot of history about that, to be honest. Like in in the in the coursework that I did, and so I was fortunate to have a high school teacher, a history teacher, who who loved this stuff, and he'd kind of go off topic and be like, you know, he talk about the you know, the white man history, but then he'd go into this stuff, and I and I was like, man, that is really interesting, because in my mind, it, it, it's like you know, we came in here and we. Like white people kind of terraformed everything and and uh, changed the environment, but the native cultures were in harmony with the environment. And I thought that was really cool how they could be nomadic and bounce around, and they weren't screwing things up. And it's like you know the buffalo herds, the bison herds that were here. They talk about that in the first chapter about how there was one herd that they said that they estimated was so big that when it would rumble across the plains, it was 50 miles long and 30 miles wide. 
And they said they were like 30, uh-huh. they estimated 30 million in this one herd. And I'm just like, holy shit. Cause I, you know, I was up at the Flint Hills that the, I was up in the Flint Hills area uh, last week. And that, that's an area that still contains some of the natural grasslands in America. It's like one, it's actually one of the last areas that contains the, the natural habitat. And at one point, the entire North American continent had, had, I think they said like 400,000 square miles, which I can't even fathom how big that is in my brain. But it's like th- that, land, that, uh, ecosystem thrived on the plains, and that's what the bison herds were so. Um, that, that's what that's what they thrived on, and so in this tall grass national national prairie reserve, which is managed by the National Park Service here in Kansas, which a lot of people don't realize that there's a National Park Service park in Kansas, and that's it. It's um, has 41 miles of hiking trails through it, and a section of it actually has a bison herd, and it's one of the last remaining bison herds, and it came from. Um, an offshoot from, I believe it was in North Dakota or South Dakota. I'll have to look it up, but it's, it's one of the last, I think there's only three herds left. And this is one of them that has a hundred percent pure genetic DNA bison because there's been a lot of crossbreeding with cattle mm-hmm. over, the, over, over mm-hmm. time. So like, you know, like the, like the herds that are in Colorado, as you go out of Denver and you go over lookout mountain and you come down and there's that herd to the right, like that one's not pure genetic. And so, this one is 100% pure with their DNA, and it's just interesting. I, I was out there, I hiked out there, and it was getting dark, but I, I had to keep Cedar in the truck because it, dogs aren't allowed on the National Preserve, and rightfully so, because the, the bison would go nuts. But I, I was like, I, I got not close, but I was probably like 200 yards away from these bison, and I was floored at how big they are. I mean, I've seen other bison before that have that are not purely genetic, you know, 100%. And these ones were, and they were massive. And I'm like, holy shit, those things are huge. And so I'm looking forward to going up there. I'd like to go up next week, but I, I don't know how my schedule is going to shake out. I'll, I'll go up there before winter sets in. And I want to get closer, not not close to them because they, they're pretty temperamental, but I want to get within like 100 yards and then take my camera that has a better zoom on it and get some video of these animals because it's amazing. And you get back in that preserve, and you can hike back in. I believe there's one trail that goes 20 miles one way. And it's still on the preserve. And I was only about three miles in, and it was just amazing. The the uh, ecosystem, I mean, the grass was like six feet tall, so I could barely see, you know, I, it, it's kind of hilly, so it's up and down, so you can kind of see out these vista areas in the lookout. But when you're down in it, you're like, dude, I mean, something could come out of this grass right now, and I don't, I won't see it until it's on top of me. So it's it's interesting because a lot of people think, like, the, the tall grass prairies, like, they think of, like, prairie land of being, like, just boring and, like, having, like, weeds that are like six six inches tall that's not the case out there it's it's vibrant there's trees all over the place it's there's water systems that go through there's, there's a place that's like epic for fly fishing and i didn't know that so i'm really excited to go back up there and it's, it's interesting reading about it because they talk about some of these areas in, the, in this book even in the first chapter they covered one of the areas that i've been to down in texas and i was like oh it's badass so i'm excited to read that nice and i'm yeah, I'm kind of a history nut. I love history, so I figured I read that. Yeah. I try to get my body feeling better because I still don't feel good at all, and uh, my stomach's really upset from the allergies. But that's just that's just kind of par for the course when this stuff happens. So I just need to buck up and enjoy the the time out here. And tomorrow's supposed to, supposed to be really nice out here, so I invited my brother out to see if he can make it, and so he's going to check with his family when he gets home from work and see if they can all come out for like an afternoon and we can do some fishing and hang out. So. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, I hope you feel hope you feel better for that. Yeah, me too. It's just it's frustrating because when I feel like this, I you know it's like it kind of screws with with everything. Like your joints hurt real bad and your muscles hurt. And a lot of people that don't have allergies, they don't realize how um, debilitating it can be when you have a really bad attack. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I actually do. Like, I I can get triggered pretty bad. I, I can you? Not it's not as bad as yours, yeah. But I, um, I'll 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 get so congested in the head and um, headaches, flu-like mm-hmm. symptoms, like achy and what have you. So I, yeah. I, I do empathize, but but I. But you I still need to be. I still need to be giving shit though, because I'm. I'm, I, that's what I'm, I'm saying, being a bitch, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm. I'm still bred to break break your balls, so you know. <laughs> just, uh, you know, up. Um, well, let's uh, let's shift gears. Um, no pun intended. And um, so let's let's talk a little bit about our suspension upgrades. So both both Brian and I, we've got Tacomas. He's got. I think he's got a 2006, and and he's got the short bed. With the double cab, I've got a 2010 Tacoma with just the access cab and the longer mm-hmm. bed. But I, I think when it when it comes to suspension decisions, we're we're pretty much on on the same par. And um, yeah. you you got your you got your suspension upgrade before I did. So why don't because and I and I learned. From talking to you, so yeah, start the conversation out by okay, by like how did you how did you decide that you wanted an upgrade, mm-hmm. and what was the process that you went through, and you know, you know, lay lay it all out. What's the good and the bad? Okay, yeah. So, so when I got my truck, my truck's actually an 05, and I purchased it when I was in Southern okay. California. Uh, at the time, I had a sports car, and uh, actually, had a, it was like actually a luxury sedan. And then uh, it wasn't good for surfing because I surfed every morning and I put my surfboard in my truck or in my um, in my my car, and the wax would get all over the leather seats and stuff like that. So I was like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't working out." And so I I sold that and then I got my truck and it basically was just kind of a surf wagon. So I could throw my boards in the back and go to the beach and not worry about you know the, the interior of the vehicle or having to get it cleaned all the time. And so I, I didn't anticipate doing what we're doing now if i if i did think that i was going to be doing this i definitely would have got the long bed because the short bed you know five foot is, is pretty uh pretty confined in there which is why i had to be upgraded yeah. for the slide out extension but um but what i noticed right out of the gate with tacoma was the rear the rear leaf springs which is they're notorious for this they just are, are very much underpowered and it, it, it gives like a nice ride if you don't have anything in the back but as soon as you put some weight into the bed of the truck that uh, has a tendency to bottom out. And so when I moved to Colorado and I started to get into backcountry adventuring and going on off-road trails and 4x4 trails, I immediately identified that I had to upgrade my suspension. And so in the first round of upgrades that I did, which wasn't necessarily an upgrade, it actually was, was rather pathetic, was I, I went to four-wheel parts and unfortunately it just wasn't a good experience with them and other people have said the same thing. They put a leveling kit on my vehicle and like, oh, it's going to be great. You know, it'll give you like an inch lift and all this stuff. It's just because it wasn't sufficient. And I went back to them and said, hey, I want to do a uh, an actual lift. I'd like to do an old man emu. So uh, if, if I can, if I could, if I could just interrupt you there, what, yeah. so what is a, like, what's a leveling kit versus a lift? Like, so you, leveling, what, you level, like, yeah, a lift. It, it's not a lift. You know, a lot of people say, hey, I got a lift. And I'm like, what'd you get? They're like, oh, leveling kit. I'm like, no, that's not it. So a vehicle has what's called a rake, all the trucks do, to where the front suspension sits down about a half inch lower than the back. And the reason for that is to give you better view looking down the hood of your vehicle to the actual road in front. And so a leveling kit, what that does is you can buy different types of 
a leveling kit as far as how far you can ratchet up the suspension. And so the leveling kit that I had raised it in the front an inch and a half and the back an inch to where it basically was just an inch, you know, suspension lift. And unfortunately those, it just didn't, it just didn't work out very well. I was like, you know, I don't really notice that much of a difference. I'm getting to the point with that to where with the leaf springs in the rear being underpowered, I would actually drive down the road and I had like my nose up in the air and my ass was dragging, if, you know, for lack of a better term, of just to give people an, yeah. an idea. Like you'll see those trucks that are going down the freeway and they're, you know, the front is, is so, fine. What's that? So was it, so do, do they, so they're not putting in any shocks. They're not putting in coils. They're not doing anything with the leaf strings. Wait, so the leveling kit is like what they just, they put it's like actually shocks, shocks or something. No. No, it's, oh, not, it is it's not, it's not okay. Yeah, it's not a space lift, but what it is, it's shocks you can set at different levels as far as height is considered. Okay. And okay. so, so I was like, hey, you know, I went back to him and I said, hey, this, this isn't sufficient. I want to go, I want to go higher. I want to get a little bit more of a suspension lift. So that one will land back there. If I'm going through a technical section that has some rocks that are sticking up, I'm not going to drag it or hit things on my undercarriage. And, uh, long story short, um, they said that they did a lift. They didn't. All they did was ratchet the, the leveling kit up to the highest highest setting, which was like two inches or two and a half inches. And then after 10 months, they all failed and my truck dropped. So I was like, well, that, <laughs> that's not cool. So I uh. told Total Real Parts to take a hike. I told them that they had to reimburse me for this because on my, on my receipt, it said that I had paid for a three-inch lift kit for Old Man Emu, and they actually didn't even install that. So I went to them and I was like, you have one opportunity to make this right before I contact the warrior. Long story short, they refunded the money. I said they were sorry, and I said that's fine. And just moved on. So I went to Thompson Machine in Central Colorado, outside of Buena Vista, about ten miles north of town. And they said, "Yeah, no, you know, let's let's do let's do two things. One, let's do a suspension lift." And they suggested the ARB, the old man emu lift. And I said, "That that sounds great," because I looked it up online, and it seemed like that was a, a workhorse kind of suspension, and and just. You know, it wasn't the flashiest suspension you can get, but it was tried and true. It had been around forever, and it seemed like everybody had a, a good experience with it. So they said, let's do that. And then in addition, let's replace your rear leaf springs because they're notoriously underpowered in the Tacoma. And we need to get your rear end up a little bit more so that you're not going to be banging it when you're going through the backcountry, especially considering, you know, the both of us have a lot of weight in the back of our vehicles. And so... Mm-hmm. uh I, I did that and I was extreme. I've been extremely pleased. It, it was pretty basic. I mean, altogether, I did have, let's see, I think the total, the total investment that I made in my suspension was only like 1500. And that's with everything. That's with the corrective labor because they did have to go back in and replace a few parts that were messed up when the uh, leveling kit uh, failed, when those shocks failed. Mm-hmm. But, but other than that, I mean, I thought, well, heck, that's, that's not bad. I mean, I was thinking it was going to be like three or four grand because I didn't know. And I think a lot of people mistakenly think that it's a huge investment to upgrade your suspension and get something that's capable in the backcountry. And you can certainly spend as much money as you want. You know, that, like that there are there are lift kits out there that you can get that have all these bells and whistles and everything. But if you're if you're looking at it from an economical standpoint and you have a budget that you want to adhere to, there's nothing wrong with with a with a with a more of a entry level lift kit, which I I wouldn't say ARB is entry level, but they're definitely not as expensive as some of the other ones I've seen out there. And the performance is great. Now, one thing to mention about lift kits is that once you get a lift kit on your vehicle, 
there's going to be one of two things that will happen. Either it, it either it's going to drive good on the road and not so great in the backcountry, or it'll drive great in the backcountry and not so good on the road. It's never 50-50, so it, it leans one way or the other. Um, with that being said, I'm pleased all around with 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 the kit with the kit that I have, and then also the leaf springs in the back. The leaf springs in the rear actually added an additional inch because I I did get the heavy duty Dakar leaf springs, and and then also added one additional leaf to it. So instead of having seven leaves in the back, I have eight. Hmm. So with that, I, I, I've got a. What? Uh, do you, yeah, go ahead and finish. I I've got a. Oh no, that's it. That's on, on, yeah. On, um, so my first question is, so your goal when, when you were going through this process, your original goal was, was to what you, you just wanted more clearance to get into the back country and you wanted to, for lack of a better phrase, save your droopy ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and is that, is that really what it boils down to? So you weren't, you, you weren't aiming so much for like you know bigfoot gravedigger style no truck you you were you were looking for more of a practical um upgrade that would enable you to carry shit number one and number two you'd get better clearance to mm -hmm. be able to get further into the back country right uh, you know there, there are some people that go the the what they what they term like you know with the gravediggers like the, the rock crawling where you can you can literally right. go over anything, you know. But but when you do that, you definitely compromise your ability to drive on the road. And I think that's the you know a lot of people will see um, trucks that have a that are have a flatbed trailer and it has like this huge vehicle on the back with that's lifted to the sky and huge wheels. Well, the reason for that is because those really suck driving on the road, you know. Uh, but they're excellent in the backcountry. Hell, you can go over anything. You can go up anything. You can go around anything. Right. Over, over it's all good. But what what I was what my goal was to just have a vehicle that was capable to get me, you know, on um, trails that, that, that weren't accessible or you, know, you couldn't drive them with just a normal suspension. So what I could do is I could get on those trails and I could get further into the backcountry to get to harder to reach hiking trailheads so I could get that much further into the wilderness. And so that was my yeah. that was my entire goal. I wasn't I know I never wanted to to be able to go on these technical rock calling trails where you have one person outside the vehicle telling you, okay, go two inches that way and then come straight and then go, go right here. You know, like, I don't, that's not of interest to me. And some people love that because they like the technical aspect of being able to go back in there and, 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 and tackle some of these insane rock crawling trails. That's just not my jam. And so yeah. I, I look at my vehicle and my suspension as a, as a tool, very much like the other, other gear that I have. It's like, I wanted to put, you know, uh, an investment into my vehicle to be able to have it get me to more places so that I could, so I had more options in the back country. And that's, that's what, that's what, that's what I went after. And, and it was great because working with Tomkin Machine, heck, they've been around for like 30 years. They've seen all sorts of different suspension lifts. They've seen all different types of vehicles and they kind of asked me like, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want right. to, do you want to go tackle these crazy trails or do you just want to be able to get, get more places? I'm like, I just want to get more places. And they said, okay, well, here's what it is. So, with my suspension, I you know I've, I've got that. I do have different wheels and tires, and so I'm running 34 inch tires on my truck, and then I also have 17 inch rims, which are they're, they're called Pro Comp. It's a it's a pretty standard uh, brand that makes nice wheels. So those wheels are are uh, set, like I said a 17 inch wheel, and then I've got the 34 inch 
they're called uh, Toyo uh, Open uh, Open Country or what do I have? I don't even. I'm so tired right now. I can't even think. It's a uh, Toyo Open Country All Terrain Tires is what I have, 34 inch, and I found that okay. to be extremely capable. And I go, I'll go on trails and people are like, you, get, you know, you got up there, and I'm like, yeah, and they're like, oh dang, you know, you must have crazy suspension lift. I'm like, not really. I've got a three inch lift, and it's an inch, it's an inch additional on the rear, and I have 34 inch tires, and that's it. And I don't have lockers on my vehicle, you know. So some people ask about. Well, did you get the did you get the locker in the rear? What I have is, is the the 05 Tacoma came with a limited slip differential instead of a locker in the rear. So like the sport model and the Tacomas that like do you have off road? The off road Me? CRD? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, I do. So, yeah. So you so you have I, I have the I I have I mean I I have the limited slip option, but I also have a rear differential lock. Okay, um, cool. So, yeah, so that's, that's I, nice. yeah, I've got yeah. So see, I'm um, in between, so I'm in me, between like just, a locker and that. So yeah. I so so if I were to so the the parts that you upgraded, mm-hmm. you I, on the front you upgraded your coils yes. to old man emo. Do you remember your the part number on that? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I have it on a video that I did on YouTube. I'd have to look okay. it up. And, and then. Um, but you, it, but you did do you. You also upgrade. So you upgraded the coils and you oh. upgraded the shocks on yes. the front. Yeah, and I, but and I kept the you, standard control arms, like the the. Uh, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, that's that. that and I ha- and I've been and I've actually been really pleased. Like some people have asked, like, do you have any problems with those? I'm like, no, I everything's been fine. Nice. Yeah. And then and then on the rear, you upgraded the leaf springs and you upgraded the the shocks. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, and I've got yeah, okay. I've got those standard nitro shocks that come with the old man emu uh, lift kit. Now you can okay. get you know you, you can get the upgraded ones. There's there's ones that you can get that are bigger than that. But I I didn't need that, and I and I because like the way Tom can explain it to me was hey, if you've got the upgraded leaf springs, then you can go with the standard shocks. If you're not going to upgrade your leaf springs, then you need to upgrade the shocks. So like you know if if you do the leaf springs and then have the standard nitro shocks, you're going to be 100 percent fine. And I. I took their their advice and ran with it because they're the experts. Gotcha. And then, um, and then, and then, so the other parts that you got, you got new wheels and tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got new tires and wheels. Yes. Uh, so you upgraded to the 17 inch rims and then the 34 inch tires. Yeah, uh, and, and, and just to give and, people yeah. an idea on price on that, like the. The wheels themselves, if I remember correctly, they were 156 a piece, so that's a $600 investment plus tax. And then the uh, tires themselves, I actually got these tires on sale, and I got a, I got all four for 900, but they're usually all four for 1500. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, I and I, I I learned a lot. I mean, like number one, you know, I for anybody that hasn't taken a look at Brian's truck, just like the pictures, like. The dude's got a freaking badass truck and like the <laughs> wheels and the lift that he's got on it. So I, you know, I was starting to get to know Brian and he was like, Oh yeah, you got to follow me out to four mile. And I'm like, like, I'm like, dude, I'm not getting anywhere near to where you're going because my, my, I, I had, uh, my suspension was sagging all over the place. So, um, I, I would just sit back and drool looking at, at Brian's and, um, so that, that was my, my, my first introduction to someone that I knew closely and I saw what, what they were able to do, what you were able to do. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of close to what I, I actually, so I, I looked at your, your truck and I was like, that's a little bit more than I want, but I, I definitely want to be getting back there, but I don't need to go that big. So that mm-hmm. was my mentality as I started to consider getting a suspension upgrade. And I, I too also had learned that the leaf springs on the stock Tacoma, and I do have the TRD, uh, off-road package, but still you have stock leaf springs on it. I, I had learned that they were shit and I had actually gone through the leaf spring recall that, um, was active for my year Tacoma. So I was experiencing that sagging before I went through the leaf spring recall. And after I got the leaf spring recall and I got the new ones in there with the amount of weight, and I, I don't feel like I carry that much weight in the back, but uh-huh. it was only a short matter of time after I got the new leaf springs in there that my ass started tagging again. I'm like, fuck this shit. Yeah. So um, I, I probably spent a good year plus evaluating what exactly I wanted to do for my upgrade. And I, I was talking to a few people, and, and you included, as well as um, just doing some online research. And my original thought was to keep the original leaf springs, you know, that I had swapped out for the new stock leaf springs. And I was going to get a, what they call it, it's an airbag. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember you talking about um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to get the airbag and maybe an Adelie. And then, and then I knew I wanted to get new shocks because when I was going through this process, my, my vehicle had about a hundred, 140, 150. I, I just knew it was time to get new shocks anyway. And mm-hmm. I understand that the TRD off-road package, they're, they are Bilstein shocks, but they're like, they're like Bilstein lights. Uh, I don't know what the exact number are, but they, they aren't like the true, the tried and true Bilstein shocks. So they're, they're just not as good. So anyway, I knew I wanted to get Bilsteins. Um, and then as I, as I was looking, um, into the specific make and model, um, I, I figured out that I wanted the Bilstein 15100s. And so I'm, you know, my, the, the guy who owns the ranch, he's the one who's like, you want the Bilsteins. Like they just, they, they do not fail. Like you will never need a new set of shocks if you get the Bilstein 5100s. And then he was the, the one that was also suggesting that I get the airbags as opposed to, um, newly spring. So, so I started to like go down that avenue and I, I, um, I, I didn't want to spend a lot of money and I, I was concerned that if I went to like an off-road shop, um, I was out of the East Coast at this time. I was concerned that I was going to get raped over a labor and they were going to mark up all the prices. So, um, I, I talked to one shop and my concerns were validated. You know, I, I, I listed out, I want the airbags, I want Adelise and I want Bilstein 5100s on all four wheels. And they came back with a price quote around like 2,500 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so um I I ended up I I I did so much freaking research and I ended up like going on to Tacoma Forum the, the, the Tacoma Forum yeah that's that's the really really good 
uh, forum where where you get yeah. to uh, is learn that, a whole bunch of stuff. Is that the Tacoma World forum? forum? Uh, yeah, that's World? it. That's yeah. It. That, that, that's that's a great. If you have a Tacoma, that's an excellent forum. You will find anything on the planet on there. Absolutely, yeah. So I started digging into there, and and you also get to know like the vendors that people like. And so I found two vendors that were highly rated within that forum, and I started to talk to them. And one one was much more accessible on the phone, and the other was much better in price. And so I, I played the game of I I figured out what I wanted with the people on the phone mm-hmm. and then I found the best price for it for the people that were much more accessible online. And then I went back to the people on the phone. I'm like, well, these guys are offering me. So what, what I ended up deciding was I went with the OME Old Man Emu Coils, the 886s up front. I got the Philstein 5100s up front, uh-huh. and then I got the Dakar Heavy Leaf Spring Pack for the rear, right. and I got the uh, Philstein 5125. So, the with the with the heavy pack, the Dakar Heavy Pack in the rear, um, the 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 shocks need to be a little bit further extended than just the standard 5100. So I got the 5125s. And, and then there were some ancillaries that I, I needed to get brake line extensions and I needed to get the differential drop up front. But I, so I independently ordered all my parts and then I went through the process of finding the right person to actually do the install just because I didn't want to, I had fantasies of doing it myself. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, I'm a fucking moron. I'm going to break this shit and I'm going to start to cry. So I, I, I did end up hiring someone else to, to actually do the install. And o- overall, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, you saw the before and after with my, oh, yeah. my and, oh, totally. And I, I, I'm still in the market. I, I, I do want to get new tires. Um, so I have 16 inch rims. Um, and I have the, this, uh, the Cooper discoverers on there and I'm, I'm, I'm due for, for getting, uh, new, uh, new tires, but I just don't have it in the budget right now. But if, if I, if I had my, my, if I could spend the money that I wanted to spend, I'd, I'd upgrade to 17 inch rims and then get something like your tire. I'm not sure I'd go as big as you, but mm-hmm. I would definitely get something bigger than I've got right now. But it's such a night and day experience with Absolutely. what I've got now versus what I had in the past. I mean, the shocks, the coils, the leaf springs, like I no longer have a saggy ass. Like I, I do feel like a badass back there. And I, 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 uh, yeah, I've got a new set of balls. Yeah. Well, you know, and just the way your truck sits, because I, I noticed it before you made your current upgrades or did your current upgrades. And, and you, you were sagging a little bit in the back. And, you know, that's concerning when you're going through the backcountry because if you start hitting stuff in your rear differential or if you knock stuff out, that's a huge expense to repair it. And so the way that, oh, I, yeah. looked, the way that I looked at my suspension upgrades is like it's almost like preventative. It's like a preventative uh, cost because it's like if I have the, the raised up suspension and I'm more capable in the backcountry – of going on trails that I that I want to go on, but then maybe they have some obstacles on the trails. 
I'm not going to be screwing stuff up on my undercarriage. It's going to cost me five or six grand to fix in the long run. You know, it's like you knock out an oil right. and screw up your engine or screw up your differential and stuff like that or break, or, you know, break stuff underneath there, punch a hole in things. Like that sucks. You, you know, you can, you can punch a hole in your, in your exhaust and you get a whole new, new exhaust system and that's very expensive. And so, Absolutely. you know, so I looked at it as like, if I'm going to be out here, I need to be, I need to be smart and either do one or two things. I either need to not go on those trails and just stick with the standard suspension, or I need to, if I want to go on those trails, I need to bite the bullet and invest the money and then not worry about it. And that's why, that's why I went with the, the um, lift I did. Now, you, when you were talking about your coils, the 886, the 886s, that's, that's what I have as well when you were talking. About okay. That. So yeah, that's jogged by memory. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that it's important for people that are going to do this. If they, if they want to go off road and they want to have that experience, do your research. You don't have to break the bank, invest in the right suspension, and it'll take you a lot further than you think. Like when I got my suspension and I actually got it dialed in correctly with, with Thompson machine when they, when they redid it, I was floored. I mean, I remember the first day I got it and I drove around. I'm like, this is, this is what I want, you know, and, and, uh, it's, I've been very pleased with the capabilities. It's nice because as you, as you know, now with, with your suspension upgrades, you can get past, you know, the standard suspension limits of, uh, of, of, of those, of those trails. You can get in there further. You can go into four mile further. You can go, you can, you could go up Slide Lake now, you know, like some of those really awesome trails to where you go up there and there's no one up there because it does take an upgraded vehicle to get there. And, I've gotten to the point now to where I seek out those trails because I, I know that when I get back there, there probably won't be very many people. There won't be much trash. It'll be more of a rugged terrain. So it's more of an authentic backcountry experience. And that's what I wanted when I started living like this. I didn't want to be in an area to where I pull up to, uh, I just like, let's say for example, Turtle Rock in four miles for the people that are listening. It's an area that any car, any passenger car can get to. And it's a great area because you can go in there and you can disperse camp uh, for up to 14 days at a time. You don't have to pay for those campsites because it's not a it's not actually a formal campground. It's kind of an informal one, but it's always packed. And it's like I want to be out there with there, if, if, any, if anybody's playing music, it's my music, you know. Or if there's any dogs running around, it's <laughs> you know what I mean. And and it's just yeah. uh, it's more of an authentic experience. And then I and then I find that when I'm back in there, I, I recharge quicker. And then when I come back to society, I'm, you know, I'm just that, I just feel like my headspace is that much better. So there are some people that you will find that, and we, we touched on this two podcasts ago, that they come back here and, you know, they act out of line or they trash things or whatever. And I just didn't want to be around that. So I figured this investment was more than just in my vehicle. It was an investment in my experience. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with you right now, but it is interesting because my, I, I was not as interested as you in crawling up some of the stuff that you crawl up and now I can crawl up. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. I, I, I arrived at the same place as you as far as our, uh, our trucks are concerned, but I, I was a little bit more um, like I don't, I don't need to go beefcake, but the more <laughs> yeah, that I exactly. looked into it, but the more that I looked into it, the more that it just made sense to get, get, get it freshened up right. And so that I have the option, like, don't, 
I, I don't want to have like I don't want to have a cheap upgrade. Um, yeah. I, I want something that is high quality, that is not going to break down on me, and is going to allow me to get to where I want to. And it, it, it is interesting because I, I think you're a little bit more, uh, you're you're a little bit more into four wheeling than I am. Like I, it's just mm-hmm. not. I I enjoy it. Like don't get me wrong, but it's not. Um, it's not my culture. I I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, like. Yeah. Regardless, we still arrived at the same place, which I find mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Like, um, even though I'm a little bit more conservative on that front and, and maybe not as aggressive as you are, yeah, um, we still arrived at the same place. You know, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. What pushed me to seek out those those uh, areas to get to was fishing. And so, oh, what I, nice. What I yeah. Found, yeah, what I found was is, is like the first time I went up to Slide Lake and. and, and and Slide Lake used to not be very aggressive. The 4 by 4 trail wasn't bad, but there was a, if I remember correctly, I think it was 2013 or 2014, there was a snowstorm that happened in the latter part of May, and it dumped like six feet of snow up there. And then immediately after, there was this huge like change in the, in the temperature, and it got super warm, and all that snow at the same time melted, whereas it usually kind of melts in... in um, in like phases, it all melted at once, and that road became a river, and it washed out all the all the uh, uh, dirt, and it just became rock. And then after that, the Forest Service was like, "We're not going to go in there and upgrade that thing back to what it was because it would take way too much time and resources, so we're just going to leave it as it is." And after that, I thought, "Well, I still want to get up there because I love fishing up there." And um, you know, it, it did require initially, like I went up there with stock uh, with my with my stock suspension and. And I would drag in a few areas, so I had to be real careful. But after the, the 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 water rush came down and really degraded the trail, like you had to have upgraded suspension. And so when I upgraded my suspension, I thought, well, you know, now I could probably get to that lake over there, or I could get to this one. And I started experiencing that when I go to those lakes and I fly fish, they, the fish that I would catch were so much larger and they were so much healthier, and the and the waters. You know the, the shoreline wasn't degraded with with a bunch of human human um, uh, trails around the, the lake or whatever. It, be. it was just real natural, and I thought this is badass. And so th- that that was one of the things that that once I got that suspension upgrade, I was like, cool, I can go to all these different areas. And then that, then I got the bigger top carriers after I got the suspension upgrade because I wanted to to get get back even further. So it's kind of interesting how fishing moved that progression along, and I didn't. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't intending to go that route. I just wanted to get a better suspension initially, but then I was like, "Oh, cool! Now I can get bigger tires, and then get bigger tires, and you you get that much more of a you know lift off of it because your tires are larger." And so it just you know everything kind of uh, evolved from fishing, and now now here I am. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And I I'm not I, I you know I've fished a little bit here and there, and and I mean you even exposed me to the Tenkara fishing, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's just not the big thing for me. And I, I don't, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I can see myself getting a little bit more into it. Um, but anyway, that, that is, that is interesting that that was a huge motivator for you and, and pushed you over the edge. Um, mm-hmm. that's cool. And I, I think, um, you know, we can, I, I'm, geez, man, it seems like I'm like listing out the posts that I need to write. <laughs> faster than I can actually develop them, but um, anyway, I, I I do intend on on writing up because it's it's a big 
it's a big project and, and it's, it's, a you know, if you're, if you're coming at this from not being a car truck guy, like I, I didn't, I didn't know what a differential drop was. I didn't know what the fucking coil did. Like I didn't know what a leaf spring was. Yeah. And so it, it, it was a real learning process to figure all this shit out. Um, and anyway, I, I, I'd like to be able to help people out and, and be able to list out, um, what it was I, I exactly figured out and, and what it actually looks like and what the different pieces do. So yeah, you know what? Let's do this. And just your notes. Well, yeah, what, yeah, what, why don't we do it in, in the episode notes here? We'll, we'll say, okay, here's what you have on yours, and then we can update it with like, um, if there's any pictures you want to put up on a, on a post or whatever on your site. You know, if, if we want to link to that, we can. Um, and then I'll put what I, what I did for mine, and that way it gives people kind of a starting point, because I, I do think it's daunting when you think like, okay, I, I want to get a lift, but I have no idea what I'm talking about, and I don't want to get taken for a mm-hmm. ride by a shop that would say, Oh yeah, we'll do this great lift. It's going to cost you four grand, and if you don't know anybody, you say okay, and like you're paying, you're paying three thousand above what you should, you know, and and that that right. you don't you don't want to find that out after the fact, and and because there's shops out there that will that will try to take advantage of you if you don't know what you're t- talking about when you go in. There's just some people that are shady, and so if we could put that on the, in the show notes here on the episode details, then then I think that give people at least a starting point, and and keep in mind. For people that are listening, this doesn't apply just to Tacomas. It's for every vehicle. You know, you can get a yeah. lift, whether it's full size, mid size, whatever. Um, you know, do your research, shop around. I think what you did was great because I, I initially just went to four wheel parts. I'm like, that's what I want. And I just trusted them and they fucked me over. So you did a good job by, and I remember you going through this process and you were, you were really thinking about it. You're like, well, maybe I should go this route. Maybe I should go that route. And I think what you settled on is just, just perfect for what we do. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, if you had to ballpark it, what do you think the additional weight is that you have in the back with all the gear that you carry for full-time in? Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to estimate that. Like, I, I think, I think you also have to include the topper, right? Because, yeah, know, the, the, the original leaf springs don't, don't spec that, you know, spec for that. Um, but I think so. You know what? The topper's 200 pounds. Um, yeah. And I would say all the gear that I carry back there, it could vary. Like, I think what I'm carrying back there now um, with my platform, and we'll we'll talk about that in, in our just next little segment, but I, I think I'm probably carrying somewhere between 150 and 200 pounds just okay. in the bed. So 400 pounds total. Uh, okay. I, and, then, and then when you're in there as I, well, what what do you weigh? Oh, I'm I'm you know a good three fifty. <laughs> no, <I don't, laughs> yeah, right. I'm uh, uh, no, I, I'm a, I'm about a buck seventy five. Uh, okay, seventy yeah. hundred seventy five. Yeah. So, okay, um, cool. So like that just gives people like a an idea of, of how much they can you know they can put in there, and it's, it's still. I mean, you said your truck sits fine. You know, you don't sag at all with that additional weight with the upgrades that you've done. So yeah. And that, good. and that was like a huge part of my evaluation. So the, the Dakar heavy leaf spring pack is rated to carry 600 pounds mm-hmm. without dropping at all. And I think the Dakar medium pack is rated to carry 350 pounds without dropping at all. And so that, that was the deciding factor for me to get the heavy leaf pack 
because I knew I was carrying. And sometimes, you know, I've got a bike rack back there. And, yeah. And that adds even more, you know, on the, on the hitch. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was, that, that was part of my decision matrix. Yeah. And then, and then for me, I've, I've got a little bit of a different, um, view on the back. My, when I built out the slide out extension, you know, it's pretty basic as far as the materials that I use. I just have a subfloor in there, which I use for the, um, sliding rails that I, when, when the slide out extension goes back and forth, so that's what I anchored it to. And I built the, the subfloor out of, uh, um, compressed plywood. And so that's a little bit heavier. But I weighed everything when I was when I was building this. I didn't want to make it super heavy, especially the part that goes out over the tailgate. I didn't want to overburden the tailgate. And all to, all in with the subfloor and the slide out extension, I was like at a hundred. I was like at a hundred pounds, just right underneath it. And oh wow! Out, yeah, wow. the slide out. Well, well and, the, and the big saver as far as weight is concerned, the slide out extension. The majority of it's built with aspen wood, and aspen wood super lightweight, but still still pretty durable. Now. The frame of it I built with two, with just normal two by fours, and those of course are heavier. But everything else in there was built with aspen wood, and so that that was a really that cut down on a ton, a ton of weight. But uh, I do have the heavy roof rack, and then also the side awning on one side, which is forty five pounds additional, and then my solar shower, which is the road shower. And if I have that filled up with five gallons of water, I mean that's that's pretty heavy. So I got to think like that's a probably an additional with the roof rack. And the gear that I carry on top of the roof rack with the roll-up table, and then sometimes I have some firewood on there. So I've got the, the roof rack, the firewood. I sometimes have a chainsaw on there. And then I've got the solar shower on one side with the five gallons of water. And I usually always have that filled up. And the other side, I have the awning. I'm talking about probably next to 100 pounds. And so that right. cou- that coupled with my my topper, which is, which is 200 pounds, there I'm at 400. So I'm right at the same, the same um, weight you know, about about the same weight as you've got with just a different setup, but it all came out about the same. And and I've experienced in what you said, like I have no drop in the rear. You know, obviously the, the heavy duty leaf springs, the Carly springs with the extra out of leaf, I think I'm up to like seven hundred on both sides of it before they will before it will drop at all. And I've I've loaded the back up of that truck up with a ton of wood, especially when I'm winter camping. You know, I'll go to the wood broker and I'll get the whole back, I'll fill that thing up, the entire topper, and it doesn't budge. So I can I can attest to the durability of those products, and you know there's people that that have different setups that work great for them as well, and there's a bunch of different directions you can go. But if you want something economical that that we can vouch for, I just say go with that, and it's good stuff. Yeah, it, it's and it's a really like Toyota uh, the the Tacoma World Forum. They they love old man emo the Dakar um, yeah. and the old man emo uh, coils. Um, so yep. those. And the build scenes again, I think you, you can't go wrong with those. Um, 100%. everybody I, I hear. And, and just on a, uh, so to finish out the weight discussion, um, the, my understanding is that the coils up front, those, um, you're, you're not only considering lift. Um, and I, I believe I got, uh, probably a two and a half inch lift with the coils, the 886s. But you're also you also need to consider so maybe maybe you want to put a new bumper with a winch mm-hmm. on the front of it, or mm-hmm. maybe you've got other gizmos up front that carry extra weight. So those are just like just like you and I were talking about all the stuff that we carry in the back regularly. If you're carrying a beefcake bumper 
in a winch, that's going to factor into the types of coils that you want up front. And I, I went a little beefcake with my coils because I have that extra battery up front. Yeah. Uh, because I installed the, the deep cycle battery. And I, I think if I do recall correctly, you, you at least have the beefcake bumper and mm-hmm. you have the option to add on a winch if you want it. Yeah. And I'll be adding on a winch here probably in the next uh, month or so. Uh, I've got the ARB bull bar deluxe bumper on the front. And that's roughly an additional 150 pounds, which I like because it does provide, you know, in the rear, I've got an extra inch with the, the cars that go up, but on the front, it just made it go down just a tad bit more than, I don't have quite three inches on the front, so I've got a good rake. If you look at the way my vehicle is set up, it's a little bit higher in the back. And one thing I want to point out with that is if you're truck camping and your head is towards the cab, like if you've got your bed set up to where, you know, your head is... Um, uh, towards the cab of your vehicle and your feet are towards the tailgate, you always want to park on a little bit of an incline. Otherwise, you'll be sleeping mm-hmm. with your head lower and it, and it just it doesn't work because all the, all the blood rushes to your head, just that little bit. And so for people that want to do this setup and they want to truck camp, you know, park on a little bit of an incline or you can carry like p- pieces of wood with you. And I see people put that underneath as like a somewhat of a leveling um, deal when they get to camp. So that's one thing I want to point out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's always a that's always a factor. Um, yeah, figure out the lean and what have yeah. you. Hey, um, can we can we record the uh, the 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 build out in the back um, later? Because I just had a bunch of wasps come in here to camp, and they're they're all over my shit. And I had to roll up all my windows. And there's one in, there's one inside my truck right now. And I'm not kidding. I, I like we got to I got to go because this thing's fucking huge. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. no, Brian. No, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, no. You're gonna talk to me. Recording. Like, you, like, you, I don't give a shit if those yeah. wasps are stinging you. We're finishing this conversation. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, do do what you got to do, and okay. uh, yeah, we'll, let's we'll, look up tomorrow. Uh, we'll, let's look up tomorrow. I'll be here all, all right. weekend, so I'm around. Or if I get if I get this cleared out later tonight, I'll, I'll text you, and if you're available, we'll get back on a call. I, I have this vision of you, like, you remember that from Tommy Boy? You oh, know, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the vision I've got going on right now. Like, you're going to be freaking out out there. So, uh, all right, man. These, are, these wasps are huge. Yeah, these, these, I, these are big ass animals. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to fuck with Kansas wasps. No, those, dude. Those, those, these, those will fucking eat you alive. These are, di- these are different level wasps, man. So, I, yeah. I may have to move camp, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Just bye.